Welcome to Healthy, Wealthy, and Grateful with your hosts, Coach Dave, Heather, and James, where we provide you with the tools and entertainment to bring clarity, balance, focus, and butterflies to your everyday life. Hey, welcome back to Healthy, Wealthy, and Grateful. We got Heather Andrews, Coach Dave, and myself, James Johnson. And we are more than halfway through the year. Oh, my gosh. As a matter of fact, I was watching the Hallmark Channel the other day, and it was Christmas in July. I was like, oh, come on. And I started I started thinking about that. It's like, you know, you turn around, and, and next thing you know, it is going to be Christmas. But I understand that, Heather, you just had a little Christmas present here not too long ago. Well, uh, tell us about definitely that. Somebody visited my house. I didn't see the butterflies, but I had uh, butterfly caterpillars on my milkweed. So either the stork dropped them off, Santa dropped them off, or we had monarchs visit one of the three. I was just super happy to see them happily munching on my milkweed. But it sounds like you guys are starting to see them out west too. Yes, we are. They were in our uh, backyard all of the week, and that's Probably the first time that I've seen them in a long, long time. So that was great news. On the 4th of July, I saw a couple of them fighting with each other. And all I could think of was you, Heather. They're, they're <laughs> fighting around each other. And I'm thinking, it's 4th of July. I'm supposed to be having a good time here. And I'm thinking about Heather. Uh, what, uh, would her, what, would her, what would her husband think? Yeah. <laughs> well, fighting butterflies, that usually means you know, either one or two things. It's probably mating season and they're probably fighting for the females. So, you know, the same in the animal world. Right. Uh, but no, it's all that's that's a great sign. I, I actually will say I'm super thrilled to hear that you're seeing them. Um, last year, Monarch Watch always does a kind of a recap of the year. How did it go? How many butterflies made it to Cal uh, down to Mexico? And it was a little disturbing because the Western population, when they did the counts, had almost virtually collapsed. So to see that they're returning to California after your severe droughts and all of your fires is uh, super inspiring. And um, I will say I was super inspired today because um, again, last year during COVID, I sent um, well over 30 packages of milkweed and other types of seeds to gardeners all over the United States. And I got a picture today on my Instagram for somebody who uh, has uh, swamp milkweed coming up in their garden. So it's really exciting that we uh, are down one billion stalks of milkweed due to uh, temperature changes, fires, and other uh, events, including terrible farming practices. So, uh, you know, if you can be part of the solution this year, I would just request that you plant native milkweed. Well, you'd be proud of me. I, I, I went out yesterday, actually, and was pop, um, popping off all the pods on the milkweed and taking them around and, and sticking them in the dirt all over the place. I, and I, I, as I sit in the jacuzzi last night, I saw I have about 20 more of them. So I'm going to awesome. pop them and put them all over. Next thing you know, I'm going to have a, a milkweed forest. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it the Andrew Forest. I love it. I love it. So, you know, what you can do is, you know, let those dry. They will kind of pop open. And then they have like almost like a, um, if you are familiar with what a dandelion fluff looks yeah. like, and those will yeah. sort of disperse. And so, um, you know, uh, what some people will do is put a, a rubber band around those pods so that they can't open. And then once they turn brown and dry, you know, you can certainly um, donate those uh, locally to conservation groups. 
And you can also just, you know, put a message out, whether in your neighborhood or, you know, to local um, on your Facebook page and just say, hey, I have extra milkweed. People will absolutely take you up on it. Um, it can be a little challenging to get those seeds to start. They can be a bit finicky. So I always tell people to over, over, if, if it's going to be cool in our area, they need the cold to, uh, called stratify to pop them, the seed open. So, um, I always like to soak them overnight in water and then, um, and then they'll usually, um, they will start. So some milkweeds are a little harder than others to start from seed. Um, and I will be putting up a seed class, um, that a seed expert who starts thousands of native plant seeds from seed. Um, she, she is going to, she and I recorded a video. So we'll be uh, putting that on the garden thoughtfully Facebook page here soon. So if you want more information about how you can start seeds, uh, she's put a ton of great tips that I think might be helpful to you. And so what would be that website that they would go to? So um, our, my YouTube channel is Garden Thoughtfully, and uh, we put up helpful videos. Uh, there's an entire seed starting class that is going up right now, um, is there in a long format. Um, I want to talk on, on some webcasts about hiring VAs. I have hired a group of VAs. Um, that are now uh, chopping that into little bite-sized pieces. So regardless of what type of seeds you're wanting to start, that will be a informative class that we will have up for you. Um, but in terms of native seeds, we just have to get that video process. So it's not there yet, but please uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, Garden Thoughtfully. How about you, Coach Dave? How do they get all to you? Uh, the best way would be email, and that would be... Dave at can do fitness. That is spelled K A N D U F I T N E S S. And then they email me, and we can just start going back and forth and Zoom call and everything else like that. That's probably the easiest thing. So, so Heather, you know, now we're going to be pushing towards fall. I mean, I actually, you know, I've got. I can't decide whether they're Japanese squash or they're pumpkins. So they're, I can't decide yet. They're not big enough to, to really make a decision. But I think I might have a whole bunch of Japanese squash. But we're, what are we going to do now going into the fall season? You know, because we're that's where we're at. I mean, we're, you know, we're a few weeks away from uh, moving into fall. And the next thing you know, where you live, there's going to be snow. So... <laughs> We're not ready for that just yet. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so certainly, are you certainly, ever ready for that? Do you ever? Like, uh, no, that's going to be that? no. Uh, this southern girl is never ready for the snow. I, I like it when it's really pretty and it's gone in a couple of days. But uh, we had a really snowy year last year. So, um, what I will say is that uh, it's not too late to plant. Uh, certainly, uh, there are fall blooming squashes that are excellent to plant this time of year. Um, actually, I learned about one that I'm super excited about that uh, is coming up in the garden, at least it was when I left. Um, it's called a Long Island squash. I'm really super excited about that, but I like to grow kombucha squash. Uh, those are delicious for fall soups and they're delicious, uh, just sliced mm. and roasted with salt and pepper and olive oil. It's fantastic. But a lot of your hard squashes like acorn squash, um, it's not too late to get those seeds in the ground. And certainly as things like your spring peas and lettuces are, are dying out because it's too hot for them, uh, there are things that love this hot heat 
and our fast growers and uh, the squashes are some of those that I really like to put in this time of year. So we just had our, our summer solstice, you know what I mean? That's when we typically uh, plant those fall seeds. So it's not too late, get them in the ground. And, um, you know, if your harvest is uh, your cup runneth over, which for us that grow things like zucchinis, we can grow enough zucchini from one plant to feed the whole neighborhood. But uh, food banks this time of year are always desperate for fresh produce. So if you can't eat it and don't have neighbors or family members who will, um, you know, I would just encourage you to maybe donate your surplus pro um, produce to your local food banks. Well, there, there's no such thing as surplus when it comes to my strawberries and my boysenberries. <laughs> they, um, you know, they, they somehow never... all disappear. Yeah, you know, I have to keep the birds away from them. The, uh, the boysenberries just were so prolific this year. It's unbelievable. I had tons and tons and tons of them. That is awesome. I'm going to make so, some boysenberry pies here probably this week, as a matter of fact. Yeah, so we're starting to get uh, cucumbers and cherry tomatoes in. I definitely have other tomatoes, but they're not red yet. Um, but I will tell you that if my husband's out there, they don't make it out of the garden. He just stands there and is like a, you know, a, a, a rabbit just eats them a hole right out in the garden. Um, so, you know, I, I love this time of year. I love the fresh produce. It's obviously best to get it, you know, eaten right once you cut it because it's, that's when it's full of the water and the minerals. Um, so we try to harvest this time of year almost every single day. And then, you know, my woodland creatures uh, like you, I, I have a groundhog that loves to uh, munch. So, um, you know, he has not figured out how to get into the uh, trellis system I'm using, but he will munch the leaves that have uh, escaped the outside, I've noticed. So, uh, he's well, I have a new cat, so I haven't had a problem with the, the rodents. So there you go. They're kind of, they've kind of disappeared along with the, the lizards. They're disappearing, too. <laughs> In terms of like planting trees, do you have any tree advice here? Because when you want to plant some, some palm trees around our like swimming pool area and all that, do you have any uh, thoughts on that? I, because I, I do know that like palms, if you put them in at this point, like they just burn, burn up. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's really not the right season for shrubs and trees unless you have the uh, ability and the will to go out and water them, you know, teetotal out of them right now. It just is very uh, difficult for those plants to survive. Um, so, uh, you know, we, um, I think I told you, have been working on a historic home locally. and We put that garden in about a month ago, but we had some really hot weather. So not only are we having to, you know, create a watering schedule, which is very frustrating because it's not like around the corner for me, but uh, we just gave everything a giant haircut uh, to, and these are perennials. Um, when you're talking trees, it's really best to try to put them in in the fall um, because then they focus on putting roots down instead of trying to, you know, grow. So okay. it, it's just less stressful for the trees. Um, and then two, you tend to get more rain in the fall and uh, cooler temperatures. And I just find that it's much easier to uh, transplant um, trees and shrubs that time of year. And they, they seem to be happier. The other opportunity would be very, very early spring. And most of your tree suppliers, if you're ordering online, will not ship them till it's appropriate to plant them in 
I will tell you from my own experience, um, you know, we've got a fruit forest that I've put in my yard and um, they shipped those trees uh, early spring. We ended up having to move a few trees because they were in the wrong place for what I want to do, which is called an espalier. Um, and um, we were really pleased that we moved them in February. We had a ton of rain and I've got white peaches. So won't be long now. Oh, One of my favorites. Those things. are so good. She's a Georgia girl. So Georgia well, girl. Well, Georgia girl, yeah, typically those are yellow peaches. I didn't learn about white peaches until I moved to Pennsylvania. It's a peach. Peach is a peach. Uh, it is not. <laughs> I'm just going to just tell you right now that I'm going to box you up some and I'm going to ship some out and then we will have this conversation again. Well, great. Then I'll just keep giving you some trouble until you do. Both of us are, are uh, interested. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, so, All right. you so Dave, you're gonna put a palm tree by your by your uh, pool. I'm gonna tell you, don't do that. So here's, <laughs> here, here's why. I I let two palm trees grow uh, on either side of my uh, driveway. I mean, they literally started growing there, so I just let them grow. Now they're like 40 feet tall. All right. Okay. And, and I can tell you that they are the messiest thing ever. All right. When when at certain times of the year they get these these black or they're kind of brown, like woody things that come out and then they break out into all these flowers and these little beads that are seeds. And yeah. it's $300 every year because after you get to a certain height, unless you got, you know, big huevos, you're not going to climb all the way up there and cut those things. I agree. So no, no, no. So, it's, so it's big money to maintenance them over, over the time. So in our front yard, we've got all these like queen of palms and yeah, it's that same thing. There's all these little, little, little like seeds everywhere and they have this like big long like seed pod that like opens up and then just, you know, spits the, the, these things out everywhere. Um, but I did a little bit of homework and if you buy a king palm versus a queen palm, the king palm is what they call a self pruning palm where the uh, palm fronds they grow out and after they get a certain stage then they just you know like snap off and they fall off and you don't actually have to go up there and like don't the king palms stay wider and shorter as well yes uh so well Going online, uh, they grow anywhere from like 20 feet to like 40 feet high. Um, but speaking with all the people around here, they say that, you know, it's about 25 feet. Um, and the cool thing about them is that it's not just untrunk. It's like three trunks in one. So out of the one uh, tree, you know, you, you've got a trunk this way and a trunk this way and a trunk this way. And they just grow, grow up, and they they offer shade, which for the pool area gives us that that whole like you know Hawaiian feel. So, well, another thing you might consider for for that pool area is uh, the uh, giant um, bird of paradise. We've got those out here. Uh, I planted those. My wife hates the, 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 the them. Um, but I was like, no, they're super tropical and they grow anywhere and they love sun. So I, I have one out here. That thing is growing like hell. It's huge. Yeah, so, and the one that looks like that is the banana plant. 
So the the non-Californian girl is uh, who's a native pollinator gardener is going to make some suggestions for you. Um, right. I would highly recommend that you get on to nationalwildlifefederation.org, nwf.org, native plant finder, and put in your zip code, and it will show you the plants and trees and shrubs that will be most beneficial for your wildlife. Everything you guys just na- named is not native to California. So I would love to see you find an alternative tree or plant that will host wildlife. But the pool needs like palm trees and... So I'm going to say that there likely is a tree that looks like a palm that is native to California. What that is, I don't know. But I... But I was not native to California, so why does that have to be native? So that we can host more birds and butterflies. Let's be honest about this. It's not about you. <laughs> well, let's be it's honest about, about this. this it is. <laughs> okay, so for Pennsylvania, uh, 80% of our land is privately owned. Two million acres is grass. And so, uh, you know, I want to encourage everybody to consider that you know, the National Wildlife Federation can be in your backyard and you too can provide some habitat for wildlife and provide beautiful plants that look very similar to what you want that looks tropical that will then support and, and provide habitat for our native butterflies, birds, and other wildlife. Okay. Uh, well, I will, I will try that, but, I, I, but everything is going in with an eye to the, like the, the, the Hawaiian feel. So you know. I, I love it. I feel confident that there are Hawaiian field plants that are native to your area. All right. All right. All right. I think you've been schooled. <laughs> look, it's my job to, you know, you know, encourage you to look. Of for course. No, no, no. And I, I think that that's. And- And here's the thing, because it's native to your area, you're not going to have to water it and it's not going to have some of the issues that you're talking about that you guys are trying to figure out, you know, how do I keep it from dropping stuff in my pool? Well, okay, I don't really know because I'm not from your area which trees, but I guarantee you there are trees that people use that will, you know, not only do what you want and give you the look you want, but also be a great alternative for your wildlife. And where she lives, you use a pool for ice skating. (laughs) We we do swimming pools. We do actually have a summer. It might be five minutes long, but we do have summer. So, you know, uh, but it's all good. You know, I mean, I, again, my guy, my job, my yard is not a hundred percent native. I'm not here to, you know, chastise anybody for wanting you know, my grandmother's peonies are in my yard. They're very important to me because it reminds me of her, you know, but at the same time, I always think about like when my plants are dying or, you know, your bird paradise is getting out of control and you're driving your wife nuts. What could we put there that would give me the look I want that also would provide additional habitat for our wildlife. It wasn't the bird of paradise that was driving her nuts. She was just using that as an excuse we're healthy, wealthy, and grateful. We want to thank you for listening. We've got Coach Dave. We've got Heather Andrews and myself, James Johnson. Remember to live like you're going to die tomorrow and plan like you're going to live forever. Thank you for coming and be sure to share this with all your friends. Thank you for listening to Healthy, Wealthy, and Grateful. Be sure to join our Facebook group. Remember, live like you are going to die tomorrow and plan like you are going to live forever. You just might. And don't forget to stop and smell the flowers along the way.